serpent's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living that I have done. The previous scripture is from a conclusion, of course, of the flood nearly 4,400 years ago. And we may agree with the text that all of these events, including harvests, have not ceased. Some harvests have been better than others. Some area of the world, they may have been been any harvest. But at some point upon the earth, the promise of God was fulfilled. There are four particular harvests I'd like to draw our attention to. And that's the physical harvest, the spiritual harvest, the harvest of spiritual fruit, and fourth, the great harvest. Now, the time of harvest is upon us. And many things will be harvested, picked, or plucked. We see that and go through that every fall some good harvest, some bad harvest. But in the book of the Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, the 23rd chapter beginning with the ninth verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come unto the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then he shall bring a shaft of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priests. Now, that has always been since the beginning of the earth that whatever God blesses us with, that uh, his people was taken care of. He said in verse 11, And he shall wave the shaft before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath priest shall wave it. And he shall offer that day when he waved the shaft. And he lamb without blemish for the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil and an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet Savior. And the drinking offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of him. Then in verse 14, And he shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green years until the selfsame day that he have brought an offering unto your God, it shall be a statue forever throughout your generation in all your dwellings. This is uh, not hard to understand. The wording sometimes will affect us. But what is teaching 
And I've always tried to practice that. I'm sure sometimes I didn't the way it should. But uh, whatever God blesses us with, a portion of it is returned to the Lord. And when we do that, he will bless us. I mean, you cannot uh, be blessed the way that you could be blessed, you know, we're blessed, even those that are not even saved, they are blessed in this land because God is just the way he he does. And we see in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Now, when we look at these next two or three verses here in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all of thine entries. That's what the Lord tells us to do. And that was the physical harvest. When God has physically blessed you with health, I think. He's given you that health so that you could be blessed. You could serve the Lord. And uh, we are so many people, and I'm sure uh, I was no exception to a degree that we run our health doing things that we want to do instead of using our health for the Lord. And then... Psalms, just a book back, Psalms 24 and verse 1. Notice, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and that dwells therein. Everything that I have, what little or how great it may be, belongs to the Lord. He gives it to me to do and to have so that I can be faithful to his word. That's the physical harvest. God gives us a body. If our body is is, is born without any elements, without any diseases, we destroy our bodies by different ways, by misuse of it, by drink, by drugs, we could sit here and name a dozen things. And if you ask somebody, well, it's my body, it don't hurt you. But if I'm a child of God, and I am, this body belongs to the Lord. And if I'm doing something that I know will affect my body, that's going against the physical harvest, the first harvest that God gives us. Now, that harvest, we say three score and ten. Some don't reach the 70. Some is blessed over the 70. God already knows what I was going to do before I ever was born. But my responsibility is to use my body for the Lord. And if I do things that I know is hurting myself, that's sin. 
because my body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. The harvest, if I put out a garden, if I put out a cornfield, whatever I put out, that physical harvest is the Lord's, and if we want to be blessed, we give him the first fruit. Now, nobody you know, goes along with those teachings hardly anymore, but uh, we're taught in the scriptures to honor God with our first fruits. We must remember that every good and every perfect gift as recorded in the book of James comes from the Lord. Did he not say that? Every perfect gift cometh from above. And if a gift that I receive doesn't come from God, and we receive a lot of gifts from the world and we count ourselves blessed, but that gift never blesses us in the long run. It just doesn't. So we must remember that every good, every perfect gift comes from God. And God sends rain upon the just and upon the unjust. If we need rain, if we need sunshine, God doesn't just send it over to 326 Elderberry Drive. He may send it wherever he, would, he wants. We've had a lot of flooding. We've had a lot of storms. We've had a lot of different things. Now, People can differ, but God does everything for a purpose and on purpose. There's nothing in God's that just happens. And when we look at Genesis 8 again, and we look at 20, 21 and 22, Noah built an ark unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. He didn't offer some scrawny little sheep that was about ready to die. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth, Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done while the earth remaineth. Seed time and harvest, cold, heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. We've had a cool, wet last month. We've had a very wet last three, four months. But God said, you know, I hear people say, you know, just listen and they're talking to somebody. Hey, you know what the Bible says? One day there won't be any more summer or it won't be any more winter. No, it doesn't. God's word doesn't say that. God said there will always be the four seasons. There will always be day and night. So, the physical harvest, when we harvest, 
we need to remember it was a gift from God and he deserves and expects the first fruit. Then we have the harvest of a spiritual life. The harvest of a spiritual life. Let's look at John. The Gospel of John, chapter 4. John, chapter 4. Now, as we look at this, we see in John, chapter 4, and verse 34, I believe, if I can get these pages to turn. All right. John four thirty-four. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his works. Say not ye, there are yet four months and then come of harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, and both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I send you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor or even men, other men labor, and ye are entered into their labor. Now, that harvest of spiritual life, we did not, we did not do anything. It was God that quickened you. It was God that made us alive. It was God that gives us understanding. We could read the Bible when we were lost. It, I don't know about you, it didn't make any sense to me. You know, only only thing I knew, only thing I heard in Sunday school, because I, I, I didn't come to hear anything maybe, but, you know, God loved everybody. But we got to understand that when God does what he, he does, I did a study this week on the physical death of Jesus Christ. And this author, you, you can't see it, but I mean, it's all different where he pains and it shows how he suffered in turmoil. That what that spike did to the hand when it went through his hand and when it through his, his body, what it did. Now, that is the spiritual life. We would not have a spiritual life unless God sent his son to do that. And I was telling Matt earlier, as I, if he was here, <laughs> you know, this is a wonderful paper, and I got another one that, that eleven to twelve pages. Wonderful reading. But you know what they did? They still did this old silliness, as everybody does, that Christ died on Good Friday and arose on Sunday. There is absolutely no way, according to Scripture, that can happen. 
Now, the question is, on this spiritual harvest, it comes from the Lord. And if we are going to reap the spiritual harvest, we've got to meet the requirements of God. Not some man who's, and I'm not down in his credentials at all, but I don't care whether you haven't been to school or you've got a, the highest degree there is. If you know anything about this old book, God showed it to you. God is the one that showed it. And God will never contradict himself, as was in the first harvest. God gave that physical harvest for a reason. The harvest of the spiritual life. Go back to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew, the ninth chapter. God said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that ye will send forth labors into his harvest. Now, the only way that laborers are going to be sent into his harvest is that God has got to touch them. Because all the programs that they have, and I, I haven't looked at all of them by no means, but I've got books after book where they have sent me how to increase the number of your church. One of the greatest programs is that one brain one. Let's say we got 20 members. We've got 365 days to win somebody to the Lord. Next year, we'd have 40. One soul a year. And you go from 20 to 40 to 80 to 160. God says winning one person, 365 days, to win someone to the Lord. To me, that's the greatest program I have seen. We haven't implemented it because that's what churches are to be doing. We are to be spreading this spiritual harvest because, as God said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labor unto the harvest. That's my job. That's your job. That God would send labors. Into the harvest. So here we have. We read of Christ using a farm. A farm metaphor. To illustrate God's work. Jesus Christ speaks of a spiritual harvest. And I'm very concerned about this harvest of spiritual life because many people know there is a God, but they do not know him as their own and personal Savior. 
they know about God. You know, it's just like the physical harvest. You know, this actually happened. You know, talking to somebody, and I said, you know, the Lord, you know, can just keep letting it rain and rain, and there won't be no garden. Well, I ain't worried about that. I'll just go down the troubles. You know, empty. Empty up here. Because they do not realize that whatever food is in Kroger's or Walmart or any place, it came out of a field or a garden somewhere. It was planted. You go over to the harvest of the spiritual life. Somebody had to come to me. When I was lost, I didn't go. I didn't have a desire to go to church. Somebody had to encourage me. There is but one way in which a man can be saved from the penalty of his or her sins. Only one way. And Jesus said that way in John 14, 6. When he said very clearly, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's the only way. That's the harvest of the spiritual life. If you want to be saved, that sinner has got to, if you use, allow me to use it this way, he's got to come in contact with Jesus Christ. And he'll never do that unless Jesus Christ makes the first move. Jesus Christ make the potatoes grow, the corn grow, but not if we don't put the seed out. Physical harvest, got to be a seed. Spiritual harvest, got to be a seed. And the seed is the word of God. It is the word of God. A person will never be able to work their way into heaven. A person who is basically a good person will not be found inside the gates of pearl. But only those who have trusted solely and wholly in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I would get an amen anywhere I'm. We preach that. But yet they, we leave the, the house of God saying somebody will do it. But what we're finding in these last days is programs. You know, I passed two churches. Those churches usually have 20, 25 cars maybe. Parking lot full today. That old rabbit draws them in. But it won't save them, brothers and sisters. won't save them. This is why that we do sow the seed of the gospel. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 5 and 6. 
The Lord said here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Notice. There's got to be a human agent to take the word. God does the saving. God does the convicting. I don't care what kind of good soul you have. You can have the best soul in the world. It's God that calls that corn to grow. It's God's, God's does all good and perfect gifts come from him. But we've got to remember what is our responsibility. The fourth, the third harvest, excuse me, is the harvest of spiritual fruit. The harvest of spiritual fruit. Now, John 15 and uh, 1 through 6, God said, John 15, 1 through 6. He said, I am the true fine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye expect ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Beautiful picture of hell. Beautiful picture of hell. God has something. It may be a small thing. He may want me to do all of this. He may only want Steve to do one thing. But Steve got a responsibility from God, not to the pastor, to do what God has laid on his heart. So if you're saved, then your need is not to be saved again or over and over, but rather that ye might bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. See, if someone comes before the church today and said, I've repented of my sins, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I believe the Lord has led me here, I want to submit for scriptural baptism if the church would accept me. And we go through the process. That person is a new person. 
right then and there. We may baptize them later, but God saves them. But God saves them on purpose and for a purpose. See, if you're saved, then your seed is not to be saved again. John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. God said in verse 7 of the Gospel of John chapter 3, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thy heart hears the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. What does that tell us? There's not a process of being saved. Now, there's preparation. God opens your heart, gives you the ability to understand things you never understood before, but the main thing that he gave me to understand and everybody else that is saved that I cannot save myself. That reforming won't work. Reforming is like New Year's resolutions. If you got something that the first year you say, this is my New Year's resolution. I'm not against them because if you got a bad habit and if you stop for a month or two months or three months, that's better than not at all but we can't carry it over into our spiritual life. God does not save you through reformation. I was as saved at Tuesday morning as I am right now. Jesus taught during his earthly ministry that the children of God are to bear fruit. My neighbor had a tree blow down. Him and his wife got out there and cut it up and stacked it. And when it rained, it turns really red. You know, it's like a... So some lady was talking to my wife, and she's walking. She said, do y'all know what kind of tree that is? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. You know, looks like a red tree to me. I said, but if that tree had fruit on it, I name that fruit. I name that tree. I mean, I may not even be able to pick out an apple tree, but if it got apples on it, you follow me? If it got peaches on it, we are known by our fruit. How can they declare and even think that I'm saved if I don't have any fruit? God said in John 15, 
verse 1. John 15, verse 1. You know, he uh, tells us here, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth. Now, I've got a little old flowering tree. I don't know what kind of flower it is. Every spring it buds out and it puts a nice smelling flower. And a couple years ago, I had to prune it. I had to cut it back, you know. And the next year, it was even fuller. More flowers. That's why we got to be pruned. God said, I am the vine, and the Father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit is taken away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. You've got to cut some of it away. We've got to take some things out of our life that's keeping us from bearing fruit. Now are we clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. See, we're a branch. I'm a branch out of Jesus Christ in this metaphor. He said, abide in me and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can he except he abide in me. We've got to be in the will of God before we can bear fruit. When we're in the will of God, a lost person looks at me or you, and they're different. If a man abide in me, he is cast. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. Why? He doesn't serve the purpose that God saved us for. Then there's a bodily harvest. Christ is here teaching a parable concerning his kingdom. You know, in the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew, the 13th chapter. In beginning with verse 24, God said in another parable, put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. What's that teaching? In the spiritual life, what is that teaching? If a saved person and a lost person become too close, 
It's easier to pick up the bad habits than it is to pick up the good habits. So the servant of the house Holder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field from whence then have it tares? He said unto them, An enemy have done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, least while ye gather up the tares, he root up also the wheat. God said, let both grow together. That's why God let the wicked and the saved grow up together. But at the judgment, he separated. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Why does God tolerate this drug situation? that we have just in the state of Kentucky. I mean, he knows who's selling it. He knows who's pushing it. Well, he said, I'm going to let them grow up together. Then at the judgment, I'm going to separate them. And that's exactly what this parable is about. We go on to uh, verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the terrors of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked. Just like in the garden, there is weeds and there is whatever you planted. Whatever you planted represents Christians because Jesus planted them and put them there. But the others come in. And a lot of them came in because all we wanted was, and, we, and it's a good want, you know. If I could have anything above anything else, that all three of my kids would be in a sound, missionary, Bible-believing, Baptist church this morning. Amen. That's my number one goal for all of them. But, God said, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. That's what we're facing when the Lord comes back. He's going to take all the good fruit out. The lost are going to remain. And judgment accordingly. I mean, that's 
the way it, it is. Now, the last point is an invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where he says, come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I like that verse because when we come, he gives us rest. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, I never worry, I never do. I've had a... My week for the last two weeks has went from bad to better to better to, you know, it's just kept getting worse. But God allowed it for a purpose. And thank God that I know that I'm saved because I looked at that week, looked at these past 10, 10 days, and the same one that saved my soul, saved my wife's soul, is in charge of our life right now. See, the day of the bodily harvest is fast approaching. One day, either I and my wife will go up in the clouds or we'll be in the grave until the rapture and we both get a new body to ever to be with the Lord. That's exciting. You know, you're trying to remember, you know, you, uh, like a little old lady t- told me, uh, I guess probably a month ago, she said, Pastor, what it is that, you know, I used to get excited when my check came in. I still draw the same check, but I can't buy as much with it. You know. She's drawing $1,100 a month, living by herself. You know how much you're going to have after you pay your utilities, your essentials? No. But she said, one day, one day, For she knew what 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 meant. For he said, I have heard thee in time accepted, and the day of salvation have I uh, succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And I wonder why she chose that voice, that verse, and she said, I wonder sometimes how I'm going to make it. But with God, I've always 